good day and welcome to Holding Fast. How is your anchor holding today? Is it gripped firmly to the Word of God? We really discover what that's like, don't we, when we're going through times in the pressure cooker and in the the uh, trials and struggles of life where we are tempted to back away from our stand with the Lord. And uh, that's exactly what Peter struggled with, and it's what made him more like the Savior, is to uh, recognize his dependence on him. Good to have you today, and we are continuing to look at our Lord's interviews that he had with people. And I began one uh, from Luke chapter 22 on the last podcast with Peter's interview with our Savior in the Garden of Gethsemane. And we noted that there Jesus is telling Peter some very sobering, terrifying, really, passage uh, uh, thoughts regarding what Satan's intent is. Satan had already won over Judas. Uh, and so uh, 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 Peter is being warned that Satan desires to have him. In fact, uh, the scripture tells us that it was just not Peter that Satan wanted to win over, but he wanted to uh, take all the disciples and, and have them be ineffective and unfruitful for, ineffective and unfruitful for the Lord. So uh, we had some devotional thoughts on this on the last podcast about how these verses... Uh, verse 31 and the, of chapter 22, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not, and when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. And I noted in the last podcast that these verses reveal something about the Lord. They reveal his perfect knowledge of our future. Uh, they reveal about his tender concern for each of his children. And they really speak to us about God's powerful intercession, about how the Lord Jesus intercedes for us with the Father, and that gives us confidence. But I want to suggest to you these verses also reveal something about Satan himself. There's often a lot of curiosity uh, about what Satan is doing in the world today, and in particular how he relates to God's people and this war against God that he's been waging now for so long. These verses actually give us some insight into some things about the devil. They tell us, first of all, that his great objective is really to destroy every Christian, to destroy you as a child of God. Now, we know according to 1 John 3, 8, that he will fail. But while he's allowed to work in our lives, the process can be very painful. There is no doubt but what he is the great tempter. He is our adversary. He's constant, constantly soliciting us to do evil and to turn our back on the Lord. And the process can often be very painful uh, when we get off track. But Luke 22 and in verse 31 here means literally Satan has earnestly asked for you. It's an interesting word uh, when it says that he divide, des, desires to sift you. Uh, and it really is a reference to the fact that he wishes that he could get a hold of you as an individual and that he might be able to do damage to you spiritually. If you look at the original word that's in the text, uh, this prince of evil, Satan himself, is trying to get Peter to apostatize and to walk away from God. And it says that he can sift you as wheat. Now, Many of us don't sift our wheat anymore. I remember as a child, my grandmother had one of these. It looked almost like a coffee can, but yet it had a screen in the bottom of it and a crank on one side. And the flour would be dropped into this. And as you would turn the crank, 
uh, a little arm on the inside of the can would sift through the wheat so that the wheat would fall out the bottom of the can and any impurities in the wheat would be stuck inside the can itself. Uh, in other words, the flour was agitated. It was shaken. Um, the grain um, in the old days when they winnowed wheat would remain in that fan when they would throw it into the wind and the chaff and dust was blown off. In other words, what I'm saying is Christ is saying that Satan desired to try Peter, to place him in temptation, to agitate him, to see whether anything of faith would remain uh, to try to shake him of that, or it would all, or whether it would all be found to be chaff, just false and empty. Uh, that's what the Lord is saying here. Uh, that his objective, Satan's objective, is to sift you to see if your faith is genuine and real. He's asking all the time, all the time. We are in the body of Christ. You're going to be assaulted by Satan. It ought to be an expectation. But remember that in Christ alone, you are secure and will bring you home safely at the end of the journey. Secondly, these verses reveal something about the devil in that it tells us that the spearhead or the point of Satan's attack is aimed at your faith. Because Jesus said in this verse, I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. Satan attacks our faith all the time. Hebrews 11.6 tells us that that's what's going on. And it's really amazing that, the, that Satan himself, with all his ingenuity, has not changed his tactics since the time of the Garden of Eden. If our faith goes, everything else it goes with it. Joy, peace, love, usefulness, everything. Be aware that Satan wants to attack your faith. Uh, number three. These words in these verses literally tell you that all the devil does in your life is only with the Lord's permission and for the fulfilling of God's purposes. One man said, one commentator said, Satan is powerful, but God keeps him on a short leash. It can, he can only go so far. He can only do what God allows. And that kind of mystery really makes us ask, well, why does the Lord allow Satan to operate in our lives? And the answer to that, at least partially, is to separate the chaff from the good grain. To actually make sure that as we're tossed about in that sieve, as friction is caused in our lives, that God's doing something marvelous and beautiful in that. Don't be discouraged. God's working out the process. And then these words in these verses finally reveal something about ourselves. And I would suggest this. They show us that we, like Peter are in need of a still far deeper work of grace. You know, my heart has often gone out through the years when I've read this passage about how poor, um, how, how, uh, um, how bad Peter failed, how poorly he served the Lord. Uh, but do we not all fail just like Peter at times and the other disciples? The Bible says in Luke 12, 22, that everybody fled from him. Uh, we know that every one of us, if you're listening to this today, there's chaff to be removed from your life as well. The chaff of pride, the chaff of, of gossip and other life-dominating struggles that we go through. Jesus said Peter needed to be converted. And that's an, that's an interesting statement when it comes to Peter. 
I would suggest also that these verses reveal something about ourselves. They show us that we, like Peter, are so often blind to our own failings and our potential and inconsistencies. Peter's one great fault at this time was his overconfidence. He struggled from that quite a bit all his life. He was so filled with it that he didn't even see the sin uh, and his danger that he was in. And although the Lord warned him about it, and, you know, you see how we replied in verse 33. He said, oh, Lord, I'm ready to go with you both into prison and unto death. And he didn't understand that it wouldn't take much for him to fail. And folks, when we're blind to the our own potential for sin and failure, then God will often allow the sifting process to go on in order to get rid of that chaff from your life. And only then will you see and confess a true state. And last of all, these verses show us that we, like Peter, can be transformed by the Lord's mighty power. The prophecy in verse 32 is, when you have turned back. Peter was going to be fully converted, fully turned, and then what a strength he would be to his brethren. But most wonderful of all, even his failure, his fall, his relapse would qualify him to be a more effective teacher and have fuller service and greater usefulness. The Lord brought Peter through because he prayed for him. He'll bring you through too. And through all those temptations and those difficult times, your Lord will not leave you nor forsake you. But you keep your eyes on him. And remember that your success is dependent on his strength. God bless you today.